0: Not supposed to believe what you see and hear. Don't you know that? Don't you know that when you see somebody stealing something that you really didn't see it? Don't you know that? Don't you know it's a figment of your prejudiced imagination, your right wing prejudiced conspiracy theorist mentality? Don't you know that when you saw six states in 2020 all deciding to stop counting at the same time and in those states one man was ahead? And after the counting stopped, and miraculously, thousands of votes that were supposedly printed or uh, cast by mail or delivered uh, suddenly appeared. And when the counting resumed, all at the same time again, that all six states completely flipped. Don't you know that you didn't see that? Don't you know that those films that showed the people taking ballots from underneath the boxes? Don't you know that never happened? Don't you know that the paid couriers that Dinesh D'Souza identified in 2000 mules that were deliberately bringing in votes that have been manufactured beforehand and harvested, don't you know that that's not true? Don't you know that it's a lie that people were... Disenfranchised this past November in the midterms in Maricopa County, Arizona, because one fifth of the voting machines had tabulation problems. And since Republicans vote in greater numbers on election day, they were disproportionately affected. Don't you know that that's just a right wing lie? Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury Show podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe to the show. You can do so in one of three easy ways. You can either go to the Google Play Store, the iTunes App Store, and simply download the Jay, or subscribe to the Jamie Dury Show, or you can download the free Podbean app available at either location. Regardless of how you choose to subscribe, you'll be able to leave reviews and comments, and you can always email me with a question or a comment at jamiedury1776 at gmail.com. That's Jamie Dury 1776 at gmail.com. Yes, the press uh, is up in arms now. The the full court press, in the press, no pun intended, is really on to make you believe that everything you always knew was true is not true. They don't want you to believe there was any chicanery whatsoever in 2020. Uh, They want you to believe it's all on the up and up. They want you to believe... That there was no attempt on the part of big tech to conspire with the government to suppress stories about Hunter Biden's laptop and other things that may have caused you not to vote for Joe Biden, for those of you who did, uh, and vote instead for President Trump. they want you to believe that none of that happened, despite the fact that thanks to Elon Musk, we now know for a fact that it happened as he begins to release all of this data. The FBI has jumped in and made a statement on Twitter saying, It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency. No, uh, I don't know who wrote this on behalf of the FBI, but I will speak to uh, Mr. Ray, the director of the FBI. No. We are not conspiracy theorists, number one, and we, the American people, are not seeking to discredit the agency. You've done an able job of doing that yourself by lying and being caught with your hand in the cookie jar. And it is beneath contempt when you've been caught in such a way to now deny it and call those who have caught you the conspiracy theorists. You were caught red handed conspiring with Twitter and Facebook to suppress information. You are acting like this is a banana republic and you are going to decide who's going to win because you're going to manipulate all of the information that the voting public bases their voting decisions upon. This is happening. This is not an exaggeration. This is not a lie. The whole purpose of these um, lawsuits that you see are all the product of a very long-term plan on the part of Democrats. Solely, uh, or I should say slowly and incrementally, Election Day has become a concept that exists in name only. We no longer have Election Day in this country. We have election weeks periods of time where people can vote by a variety of means. One of the reasons why Election Day was held on Election Day was by having all the voting done on one day. Not only was it more expeditious, but it minimized the opportunities for corruption. It minimized the ability for people to vote twice or vote in more than one location. Uh, It minimized the opportunity for people who had no right to vote at all to do so. Now that's all gone. Now we have voter rolls that are inherently inaccurate. We have mail-in ballots being sent out to people on these voter rolls, many of whom are dead. And these ballots are being filled out by people who are inhabiting the residence where these dead people may have lived 15 years ago, and they're voting them for their preference, and they're putting them in. And these things are being counted. Now we have no problem with people who are unable to make it to polls because of uh, physical infirmities or because they're traveling abroad or someplace out of state where they can't vote. This has always been an issue. And for that, we have a very simple solution. It's called an absentee ballot, but it has to be requested by the person who is infirmed or who is going to be uh, out of uh, communication, out of the state or out of the country. And for those people, we give absentee ballots and we allow them to vote. And that's always been a small percentage of the vote. In fact, most of the uh, traditional users of absentee ballots are usually American military personnel, people who certainly have as much right to vote as anyone, given that they provide the blanket of security under which we sleep, rest, and rise every day. Uh, they have a right to vote, and if they're deployed in Iraq or in Afghanistan, they have a right to, to to vote. And so we have no problem with that. But the idea that people are just going to, out of convenience, not show up at the polls and do their civic duty, and are just going to vote uh, by, by mail because they think it's fashionable to do so. No, this is ridiculous. All this is, is is an ample opportunity for fraud. It's an opportunity for ballot harvesting. It's an opportunity for people to... Print up ballots in advance that cannot be verified. And when you need 2,000 ballots in a hurry to win a close election, you simply produce them and ram ram them through a machine. I'm against this early voting. I'm against this mail-in balloting. I'm against paper ballots and these computer scanning of any kind. It's rife with corruption. I've said this before. In my home state of New York, we used to have machines. You didn't have to fill out anything. You went into a booth. That's why it was called a voting booth. You pulled a lever, the curtain closed. And you had all levers that you had to hit for every candidate that you were going to vote for. And once you depressed all the levers that you were going to depress in, in your voting, you simply hit the master lever, opened up the curtain, and when you did that, it released all the levers that you had depressed. Your votes were counted. And now the next person could go in and vote. Very difficult to phony up those type of machines. People would have to go in after hours and click them manually. Very difficult to do. As opposed to just taking sheets of paper and one, two, three, four, five, six, ramming them right through a computer and counting fraudulent votes. But this is what's happening. Our election process, this is how this government is being taken over because socialists and communists are being installed and you're being installed in a manner which they want you to believe is normal, legal, and represents the will of the people. That's not true. This country has been governed against the will of the people for quite some time now election fraud is a real phenomenon, and it is a nationwide phenomenon, and it's been going on for a very long time. A very, very educated gentleman by the name of Hans van Spakovsky, he's a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's a former commissioner of Federal Elections Commission. And he was interviewed by the Epic Times and others, explaining how this has been done over the course of decades, several decades, there have been dozens of organizations that have been formed on the left to engage in voter registration. But beyond that, these organizations now file lawsuits. Any attempt to provide security or safety to an election protocol is being challenged as being disenfranchising people and voter suppression and so forth, and they get sued to try and remove these things to make these elections as open and as susceptible to fraud as possible. That is exactly what they're doing. Make no mistake about it. And it's up to us to put a stop to it. One of the first things we need to do is we need to do everything we can. Right now, we're going to have to play the game. We're going to have to learn to register in advance. We're going to have to learn to do these mail in ballots until we can get a Republican majority in there, in the state legislatures and in the House of Representatives, which we now have, and hopefully the Senate, to roll back some of this idiocy and bring election day back to the way it was, where elections were conducted on one day. And there's only one group of people who's going to oppose that. That's going to be the Democrats, because they know if people really are allowed to vote their conscience, if people really are allowed to vote the way they feel, and for the type of candidates that represent their thinking and their vision for the country, that nobody's going to vote for this democratic agenda. Nobody's going to vote for bail reform like we have in New York, where nobody goes to jail. Nobody's going to vote for a situation where someone commits premeditated murder and is out of jail before the cop who's arrested him is finishing the paperwork. Nobody's voting for this. They're just not. You know, I can remember back in 2016 when uh, Trump was running against Hillary Clinton. And we were sitting the day before the election, as a matter of fact, uh, having some cigars in Manhattan. And um, we were discussing the upcoming election tomorrow, and this one fellow who was a very liberal friend of mine uh, offered the explanation that uh, Trump would never win because his, his ideas and his policies and his thinking is out of step with what the will of the American people want. And that is the biggest fallacy that keeps getting promoted by the left through their massive control of the media, which we now know is in bed with many government agencies. Since they control both the mainstream media and the liberal tech media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, since they control the information flow, that people rely on to make decisions. They are in a position to try, if not shape opinion, make you think that public opinion is something other than what it is. And they do shape opinion to a degree, but their big uh, thing is, if you don't go along with their opinion, their coverage is structured in such a way as to make you feel like you're out of step with reality because you don't agree with it. For much of the, Eight years, or well, the entire eight years of the Obama administration, this country was ro- ruled or governed against the will of the people. The majority of people do not want national health care, which is what the Obama administration was trying to do. The majority of the people do not want to see uh, this uh, indeterminate gender where a man who's clearly a man Uh, decides he woke up today and feels like a woman and wants to use the woman's bathroom uh, when your daughter and your wife are in there. People don't go along with this nonsense. But through the manipulation of the media and the information flow, they want you to believe it's true. And people like that, people who think along those lines, like my friend, he believed it was true also. And that's why they were all so flabbergasted when it turned out that Donald Trump actually won, because most people did agree with his ideas that the border should not be open, that that uh, police should be supported, and that they're not evil. Uh, you know, more traditional American values, things that had always been mainstream in this country. And that's where the first election deniers came from. Well, not maybe the first. The first we're going to uh, identify as those who are still hung up on the hanging chads in Florida. They can't believe that George W. Bush uh, defeated Al Gore, but he did. Those were the election deniers. And then when Trump beat Hillary Clinton, oh, it had to be Russia, and they had this disinformation, which we now know for a fact was disinformation, that it was uh, hatched by the Clinton campaign that they paid for this dossier to be written. They knew it was false. The FBI, we now know knew it was false when they ran with it. Everyone knew it was false except the American people because they were kept in the dark and had Republicans who were losing their committee ships because of self-imposed term limits, not decided to retire in 2018 in Trump's midterm elections Forcing the Republicans to have to defend vacant seats, which is always difficult because the power of incumbency is extremely potent. We would not have lost the Congress when we did, and we would not have had all these witch hunts and this Russia gate and all this nonsense, which spent untold millions of the American taxpayers' money to no purpose because nothing was done. Nothing was wrong. Trump was not an agent of Russia. And the people accusing him of being an agent of Russia were themselves agents of China. Like that um, uh, Sawwell, Smallwell, what the hell his name is in California, who was having sex with Fang Fang, that's her name, the Chinese spy, sounds like something out of a 007 movie, and he's pointing the accusing finger of blame. And then you have the incompetent president, Biden, accusing Trump of being an agent of Russia talking about. You know who I am. You know my reputation for integrity. What reputation of integrity? You've been a thief your entire life. You're a known plagiarist. You're a borderline walking idiot. And you're pointing the finger of blame at Trump. So why did this all come to the fore? Well, it all came to the fore again for a couple of reasons. They, they really want you to believe, they want you to, oh, they want to bludgeon you with this and get you to admit that the 2020 election was legitimate. And most clear-thinking people, when 70 million people, and 70, you can't possibly believe that there are that many million people in the United States that are unbalanced and lunatics. When 70 million hard-working, clear-thinking Americans see with their own eyes things that just don't comport with the truth and reality, and believe that the election was stolen, you just can't dismiss it as some flight of fancy or a conspiracy, an isolated conspiracy theorist. You just can't. You have to give it due deference. And there's a lot of evidence. And I gave you evidence here on this show when a Freedom of Information Act request was made by a watchdog group, and I explained this before, but I'm explaining it again, where they saw that after Election Day, this is after the state of Arizona made it very clear that any mail-in ballots received after 7 p.m. on Election Day would not be counted. After Election Day, The day after, 18,500 ballots came into Maricopa County. And the day after that, another 2,000 came in. So 20,500 ballots came into Maricopa County in the two days following the election. And only 934 of them were disqualified. This is a fact. So in other words, 19,500 ballots that should not have been counted because they were time-barred were counted. Now, in a state where the margin of victory was only 10,500 votes, I think people have a right to raise objections and be concerned when information like this comes to the fore. But they don't want you to know it. And it got new life because Maricopa County, once again, became the center of uh, controversy in this year's gubernatorial election between Katie Hobbs, who, strangely enough, is the Secretary of State for the state of Arizona uh, and is the one in charge of certifying elections. And for her to not step down uh, was clearly a conflict of interest and she should not, she should not have been responsible for certifying that election. She should have recused herself because she had a vested interest in doing so. So there has been, um, That going on with a lawsuit uh, by Kerry Lake, we're going to get to that in a moment. And the other thing that's fueling it is information coming to light from depositions that have been taken in a lawsuit by Dominion Voting Systems um, against Fox News and other places uh, with respect to coverage of um, allegations of misconduct. And Sean Hannity, one of the most well-known talk show hosts, was deposed back on, in November. And he had had Sidney Powell on his Fox program. And she's a former federal prosecutor. And she spoke about the plot to steal the election and that um, Dominion had an algorithm which switched votes from Trump to Biden. Now, this, this, the existence of these algorithms is not fiction. Uh, it was just done in Brazil where a man that should be in prison or was in prison had votes manipulated and switched from his competitor to him, and he's now been declared the president. So this is not something that is not unheard of. It's been done in other places. And when they asked Hannity if he believed anything that Powell was saying, he said, I did not believe it for one second. Now, this was an answer given by Hannity under oath in a deposition in Dominion's 1.6 billion dollar defamation lawsuit against Fox News, now i can 't say whether Sean Hannity is saying this because he 's trying to preserve the future of his show and is lying, and so he just or it's what he really believes. All I can tell you is that there were many math, math is something which cuts through everything it cuts through bullshit, it cuts through Um, rumor. It cuts through uh, anecdotal evidence. It cuts through everything. And there are like 30 or 40 metrics that some people have used uh, that watch presidential elections, which can reliably predict when someone is going to be reelected. All of those metrics were in favor of Donald Trump being reelected, every single one of them, every single one of them when you couple that with the fact that six pivotal states all decide at the same time to stop counting, and that this has never been done before in a presidential election where any state has decided to halt counting, no state has ever halted counting, so now we've got six states, all of which where Trump was leading, halting counting. And now everything flips. And we saw films of votes coming in. We had testimony from people who were Republican poll workers who were told they were locked out, not allowed to get in. There was more than enough evidence. It's just that nobody wanted to cover it. And all of this is now getting new life because of what's happening in Maricopa County. And they want you to end because of this lawsuit in Fox News. Now, getting back to this trial, after the election was certified, uh, Carrie Lake had a setback because she wasn't allowed to file a suit until the election was actually certified. A judge had ruled that because until you've been damaged or wronged, you have no right to seek relief. So there's a trial, and the first witnesses have testified on the opening day of the what is being called the Lake Hobbs election trial in Mesa, Arizona. It's the first of a two-day trial, began yesterday. The suit also names Maricopa County Recorder Stephen Ricker, or Richer, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, and others as defendants. Okay, the lawsuit. The primary defendant, of course, is. Democratic Governor-elect Katie Hobbs, who was, she's being sued in her capacity at the current time as the Arizona Secretary of State, because she's the one, as I said earlier, is responsible for certifying elections. So it's a pretty nice trick when you can be the person who's certifying your own election. Now, earlier in the week, the judge, Peter Thompson, allowed two of the claims in the lawsuit, alleging intentional interference with ballot printers and chain of custody problems to go forward while simultaneously dismissing eight other claims in the lawsuit, including the allegation that Hobbs and Richer had targeted election-related Twitter posts for removal. Well, I don't know why that should have been thrown out, given all we've learned about Twitter recently, but chain of custody problems with the ballots and election interference, that's big. Now The testimony was of an expert nature in some cases, a person named Clay Parrick, Who's an information security officer with Northrop Grumman testified for Carrie Lake that during an inspection, and I'm, I'm doing poll quotes from an article here uh, inspection of ballots drawn from six voting centers in 2022 general election, he observed both duplicate and spoiled ballots that had 19 inch images printed on 20. 20- inch paper now he testified that 15 of the duplicate ballots he inspected this was the case for 14 of them he says that the sizing problem was easily identifiable because of the features printed on the ballot and says the observation was confirmed using a ruler so it wasn't just a simple visual inspection now mr parrick then told an attorney representing Carrie Lake during an examination that, in his opinion, there are two reasons this could have happened. One way, he said, is by changing printer adjustments that would make the printer adjustments and settings override the image file that was sent. The other is from the application side, the operating system side. When asked whether there any way, in your opinion, for a 19-inch ballot, Image to be projected on a 20-inch ballot by accident, he said no, sir. According to Parrick, the settings and the configurations and procedures that are used cannot allow that these are not a bump against the printer and the settings are changed. There's security configurations. I've reviewed the evidence and the printers are configured via script, which with which with by any large organization has to do multiple systems. Is a standard. This takes away the human error. If a ballot containing a 19 inch image printed on 20 inch paper would be inserted into tabulation equipment, it would cause it to be rejected. This is important to know. Scott Jarrett, the 2020 Maricopa County General Election Code Director, testified to the court that he was not aware the county used 19 inch ballots at any polling place in the election. More than 200 vote centers set up for the election used two types of printers, programmed and tested to process 20-inch ballots before the election. So wouldn't it be convenient if you deliberately put in 19-inch ballots or 19-inch images on Election Day, hoping that since the majority of Republicans vote on Election, on election Day, that a lot of these um, ballots would be rejected, which would disproportionately affect Republicans and therefore disenfranchise people? who were Republican voters. Uh, still, he said he did not consider 20% election equipment failure a disruption. Well, Jesus Christ, one in five election machines are, dis- are failing, and that's not a disruption. It's not a disruption when voters still had ballot options to participate. Well, that, that's a crock. You have elderly people coming out to vote You can't go to one location. They send you to another location. There's lines. When you're making people have to wait three and four hours and shuffling them from one place to another to cast a ballot, when most people usually do it within 15 to 20 minutes, there's no other way to describe it except it's a disruption. And this was deliberate, in my opinion. Now, according to Jarrett, He's the general election director. He's saying there was no deliberate attempt to sabotage the election. But of course he's going to say that, because he would be implicated in it. Meanwhile, the Maricopa County recorder, that fellow Stephen Richer, who I identified as a defendant, was testifying via remote video. Why is he testifying via remote video from Panama City? He said he absolutely did not engage in activity to undermine 2022 election he should have been subpoenaed and brought there to the court none of this remote testimony this is more bs he says that would be unacceptable integrity is the utmost importance we have nothing to hide well we already know they got plenty to hide from things i've already told you according to maricopa county election officials at least 60 at least 60 of 223 voting locations experienced technical problems Related to ballot-on-demand printers having non-uniform printing, printer configuration settings. County officials estimate the technical problems may have affected more than 17,000 ballots on election day. And the margin of victory is not that large. Another witness for Carrie Lake, private invest- a private election investigator and chain of custody auditor by the name of Heather Honey, said there were chain-of-custody problems and that Maricopa County and a commercial printer service used by the county to scan and process ballots failed to produce ballot delivery receipts for the November 8th election. Honey testified that while the county told her it had misplaced the documents, the commercial printer said they didn't exist. Lake sat in the courtroom listening to the witness's testimony she told the Epic Times she had complete confidence in her legal team and deferred further comment to the attorneys. Now, Lake had trailed Hobbs by approximately 17,000 votes before the Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to certify the election on November 28th. Closing arguments are expected later in the day, Thursday. Isn't it interesting? She trailed by 17,000 votes, but yet county officials estimate the technical problems have affected More than 17,000 ballots on Election Day. And you're telling me there's nothing wrong, nothing to see here, nothing to look at. We've got to get this election problem straightened out in this country. And whether or not you believe there's a problem is irrelevant. Because what is relevant is over 70 million registered voters which is approximately half of the people that voted in the presidential election, believe there is a problem. So when you have an electorate that believes there's a problem, it doesn't matter if there's a problem or not. They believe it, and you've got to do something to restore confidence. The simplest thing we can do to restore confidence is to stop trying to undermine these laws which are designed to protect the integrity of elections and and, and balloting, And to eliminate this nonsense early voting and this expanded mail-in voting, absentee ballots for cause should be the only reason why somebody doesn't vote in person. And all elections should take place on election day, and we should go back to simpler, more trouble-free machines, so we don't have these problems. This paper ballots is nonsense. It's. I think it's a two-fold purpose. Paper ballots make it easier to to to, um, corrupt elections, and there are big contracts given to these companies. Come up with new machines. So, to me, it's nonsense that we have to go through, go through this. And so, I'm I'm hoping and praying that a movement gets started, so we can get this ship righted and bring our election process. Uh, back to the way that it used to be when we could rely on it and trust it, unlike what we have now. Now, I realize uh, talking about the 2020 election supposedly is like um, a lightning rod for independence. You can't say that the election was stolen or fraudulent. It's almost like trying to talk about, you know, uh, defund the police, that that's as bad a thing to say uh, to the independents, uh, saying defund the police. They don't go for this extreme stuff. But the reality is that there is there are problems with our election system, and trying to force us to admit that there was nothing wrong with it is not going to change it, and I don't think we should have to agree to do it. And despite this nonstop campaign about them trying to say, no, the 2020 election was the most secure in history— Listen, I said before, mathematics does not, deny, does not lie. That's why I'm hitting this issue so hard. I'm hitting it over and over until I ram it down your, your throat in the hopes that I can make you understand. Math doesn't lie. Every major metric that has predicted the re-election of presidents since they've been doing these studies was on Donald Trump's side. Six states decide simultaneously to stop counting supposedly no communication with each other no state had ever stopped counting before now six stop counting and on top of all of that we are to believe that a man who never left his basement a man who's dementia ridden and it's obvious that he's dementia ridden a man who's been a thief his whole career not only wins the election but gets more votes than any other presidential candidate in history, more than Barack Obama. And of course, the Democrats will say, well, that's, uh, that's because uh, the people, uh, they just voted against Trump. Uh, it doesn't do with Biden. They hated him. They voted against Trump. It's very simple. Well, okay. So they have one problem with that. When people vote against a candidate, the candidate doesn't wind up getting more votes in his reelection bid than he did in his original election bid. Barack Obama famously won re-election in 2012 with 3 million fewer votes than he got in 2008, but he still won. President Trump actually increased his vote total of, I think, 10 million votes. So somebody liked him. If he was not liked, he certainly wouldn't have gained more votes. He would have lost votes. Now, if Trump had wound up with fewer votes than he actually got in 2016, you might have something there, as long as you could show that everything was on the up and up. But he didn't. Despite all their attempts to steal the election, they really had to lay it on thick, which is what's bringing this to the fore. Nobody can believe that Biden got that many votes. Trump got 10 million more votes. People who are unpopular don't get more votes than they got before. And election fraud continues to rear its head, and it's not just limited to swing states. There's a big article by that very headline in the Times, election fraud issues not limited to swing states. We've now identified election integrity issues in South Dakota. It says here, a pull quote, article by Stu Svick. Uh, Despite 20 months of nonstop Democrat and psychophantic media claims that the 2020 election was the most secure in American history, shocking evidence of election integrity failures continues to be exposed in several states. Here's a few examples. <clears throat> Just to go check them out yourself if you don't believe me. Excuse me. 21st of September, Fulton County, Pennsylvania. Okay, this is an older article. I had to go back and dig it up uh, because I, when I decided to go... Hit this topic today. I went and looked at a few other um, articles over the past few months. Fulton County, Pennsylvania filed a breach of contract lawsuit against Dominion Voting Systems, the people that are suing Fox, based on a report that determined that the county's log files contain an external IP address located in Quebec, Canada, and that an authorized Python script had been installed after the certification date. I don't know what a Python script is. It sounds like some technical thing that people who know about these things uh, see as a problem, hence the lawsuit. Now, the Epic Times reported on September 22nd that a watchdog group reported 350,000 inaccuracies in Wisconsin's voter rolls, including 12,555 registered voters' addresses in Milwaukee County listed as vacant by the U.S. Postal Service. Now, there was not a big margin of victory in Wisconsin. We've got 12,550 people who don't live there that supposedly voted. An election security forum held back in July in Maricopa County, Arizona, again, our favorite county, disclosed the names of election workers who illegally deleted election files from the elections management server in April of 2021 in defiance of a subpoena from the Arizona State Senate. What was it they didn't want us to see? That they deleted files. I love these people that delete shit after they get subpoenas. Hillary Clinton wipes out her server after she's subpoenaed by Congress to do it. And nobody says anything. This is a crime. When you're given a subpoena, and it's a lawful subpoena, and it's been lawfully served, and it tells you don't do this, and you do it, He's supposed to go to jail for that. That's almost that's contempt. Gregory Stentrum, a certified poll watcher for 36 precincts in Pennsylvania during the 2020 election, gave a firsthand account of how the 2020 election was stolen in Delaware Delaware County by a cabal of Democrat activists and establishment GOP politicians in a new book he co-authored titled "The Parallel Election." According, this is another. Irregularity that's come up. You can get his book and judge for yourself. But all these things are popping up. According to the Gateway Pundit, Dominion voting machines in El Paso County, Colorado, have reportedly produced large numbers of adjudications in their logic and accuracy test for the upcoming hand recount of the 2022 primary election. An independent journalist personally witnessed and recorded via video and pictures suspected fraud at Colorado's El Paso County clerk and recorder office during the machine recount process of the primary election. So if they did it in the primary, they can do it in the general. Republican Party organizations in various states have voted to reject and rescind the 2020 election because it was fraudulent and stolen, including the Texas Texas GOP during their state convention, Cass County and Alcona County GOP in Michigan, the Maricopa County GOP, the Arizona GOP, the Montana GOP, and several Wisconsin counties. So this issue is not going away. And if we do not do something about it, we're going to be living in a banana republic as if we're not almost living in one now. Now, one of the best polling agencies, one of the most reliable, the ones that predicted uh, Donald Trump's election in 2016 when others did not, because they're trying to, again, manipulate public opinion, as I explained earlier, is Rasmussen. A recent Rasmussen poll was taken about election integrity. And remember, I have told you people believe it. This gives you a a sense of the level of concern there is among the U.S. electorate. Listen to these numbers. (coughs) Excuse me. 52% of likely U.S. voters believe it is at least somewhat likely that cheating affected the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. 52%! That means it's not just Republicans, ladies and gentlemen, it's Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. 50% think it is at least somewhat likely there will be widespread cheating that will affect the outcome of the midterm elections. I remember <clears throat> this article I told you in the beginning was an older article that I had found. So at the time this was written, the midterm elections had not yet taken place. 58%, 58% think it's at least somewhat likely that wider use of mail-in voting will lead to more cheating in elections. And did I not tell you that we have to get rid of this stuff? President Joe Biden's strongest supporters are least concerned about cheating in elections. Well, surprise, surprise, the poll finds out that the strongest supporters of Biden are the least concerned about the cheating. Those are the people who are more likely to have engaged in the cheating. As they said, the last bullet point is no surprise, as election lawyers from the Democratic National Committee have sued to prevent state audits since the November 2020. One wonders if the Democrats truly believed that the 2020 election was the most secure in American history. Then they would be only too happy to conduct a few audits to to prove that to the American people. And I've said that before in this program. If this election was so secure and the Democrats are so confident as there's nothing to hide, why wouldn't you shout it from the hilltop like scripture? Why wouldn't you just let the audits go forward and say, see, told you, but you didn't believe us? Because that would shut everybody down real quick and put an end to all of this. They don't want those audits done because they know exactly what it's going to show. Now, enough about the elections. In a, um, shall we say, side issue, I had to end with this. I am, uh, I'm not going to say I'm devoutly religious, but I am probably a little bit more religious than you know, most people in my family, I went to church more than growing up, more than most people in my family. And if it wasn't for the fact that I have so many uh, different businesses that command my attention, I'd like to go more. I probably should start going more. But um, as much as I like the Catholic Church, I am a Catholic. I do not like our current Pope. He is a communist. He grew up in a communist country, socialist country. He is a New World Order person. He is an absolute liberal. And I do not believe that he's qualified or uh, worthy of being the leader of the Catholic Church. He shouldn't be the Pope. Well, he has defrocked a priest by the name of Frank Pavone. Do you know why he's defrocked him? defrock means like you're thrown out take your collar away you're not a priest anymore because they said he's too conservative and he's a devout right to life person but isn't that the doctrine of the catholic church that abortion is wrong and that it's a sin so when a man comes forward and speaks out for the rights of the unborn the most innocent among us Shouldn't he be welcomed into the fold? Why should he be marginalized and thrown out? But he has been. Outspoken Catholic priest and political activist Frank Pavone, the national director of the influential pro-life ministry Priests for Life, who has been laicized or dismissed from the clerical state by the Catholic Church, told Fox News Digital this week that he's involved in a battle for the soul of the Catholic Church and suggested that abortion issue is at the center of it. Now, his organization is headquartered in Florida, and he also said that there are many bishops in the church that do not want to offend powerful Democrats and members of Congress, which is why they purposefully soften their pro-life message. Uh, Father Pavone has said that he's known for decades that some bishops hate pro-life work. Um, they got rid of him supposedly for blas- blasphemous communications on social media and for persistent disobedience of lawful instructions from his diocese bishops. But his diocese bishops were giving him instructions that basically said, hey, stop with the right to life stuff. But that's part of the doctrine of the Catholic Church. So because he says these things, he's got to go? Or could it be because he served as a member of the campaign advisory group, Catholics for Trump, during the 2020 election? So now a priest is not allowed to be able to vote. You can serve as an advisory group for Joe Biden, but you can't serve as an advisory group for Donald Trump. Basically, if we don't like the advisory group you're serving for, we're going to get rid of you? I mean, it's it's sad when an institution like the Catholic Church... goes so low as to eliminate a priest from the fold simply because they don't like the fact that he defends the rights of the unborn. Now, we all know that abortion was decided by the Supreme Court as not being a federal right. And everybody's panicking, saying that making abortion illegal, and they want to make abortion illegal, and they want to make abortion illegal, and all they're talking about is making abortion illegal. And that decision did nothing of the kind. All that decision did was correct what conservatives and constitutional construct, strict constitutional constructionists have always believed. There was a wrongly decided issue on constitutional grounds because it treats the Constitution as a living document, which is what the left always wants to call it, because this way you can make it whatever you want it to be. It's not a living document. It is a document that is finite. It's not open to be changed or interpreted except by constitutional amendment. And there is no right to abortion in the Constitution. And trying to say, that it is because it's an extension of the right to privacy is, is a canard. That doesn't mean that it's illegal. It means simply that the federal constitution has no business in this issue whatsoever. And we defer to the states because, under the constitution and the philosophy of the founding fathers, the states were supposed to be the primary for, um, form and administrators of governmental. Justice and law in this country. It's supposed to be a collection of 50 sovereign states. Well, at the time it was 13, but now we've grown to 50. The federal government was supposed to play a very, very limited role, provide for the common defense and so forth and so on. But it was not supposed to be the dominant government in this country, and it certainly has become. It's grown like a cancer. So, abortion is readily available, ladies if you feel the need for one. In fact, New York State, my home state, was the one state that had abortion when 49 other states had anti-abortion statutes. New York still had it. And many states have it. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Illinois, California. You can go on and on. It's readily available. But even when abortion was first identified as a federal right, there were restrictions on it. You weren't supposed to be able to have it right up until the time of birth. You know, at conception, maybe you make an argument with the trimesters that there's not a compelling state interest. In the second trimester, baby's more viable. There is a state interest. How far that interest should extend, that's where people have debated. But in the third trimester, there's clearly a compelling state interest, which supersedes, in my view, the right of the woman to terminate her pregnancy. Even if you're a person who believes that the pregnancy should be determined, it would seem to me that six months is more than ample time to decide and get it done, and there are a host of organizations that will provide abortions for you free of charge if you can't afford it. So you've got six months to make a decision. You should be able to do it. But the notion that we're going to abort children the day before they're born through this partial birth abortion procedure, this barbaric procedure, whereby a child is removed from the mother, the head is left in, the entire rest of the body is out, and a butcher operating under the auspices of a medical doctor, punches a hole in the base of this baby's skull and takes a pair of shears, cuts his brain stem and sucks his brain out and kills it. There is no other way to describe that as the murder of a human being, a heartless, brutal murder of a human being. There is simply no other way to describe it. I watched my little boy born. Now, he was born by cesarean section because he was breech and he was wedged in pretty tight and we tried to flip him and he wouldn't go. So we had no choice. The safe way to do it was cesarean. And I watched him come out, this little fully formed angel, fell in love with him from the moment I laid eyes on him. And I couldn't help but think about what I just described to you, this partial birth abortion, and said to myself, what makes him less human? If they waited and left his head in and decided to abort him, what, would, what makes him any less human? You know, as if his head is still in, he's not a human being, but if his head is out and the rest of his body's out, he is. This is the most fallacious, contemptible sort of reasoning that you could possibly employ to justify the most brutal and savage of acts. And I'm very glad that the election of Donald Trump allowed the appointment of three justices that made that decision possible. Maybe we'll give everybody a reality check. And maybe, maybe some people will look into their hearts and realize, you know, maybe we ought to re-examine this issue. Maybe we can justify abortion in the first trimester. Maybe we shouldn't allow it when a fully formed angel is ready to enter the world. For The Jamie Dury Show, I'm Jamie Dury.